Welcome to Enough Said. This is your podcast on mental health, brought to you by the registered charity Independent Newham Users Forum, a registered charity improving mental health recovery in Newham. The services we provide include well-being, training, help and advice, and user involvement. Today we're recording a podcast with an episode about trauma, PTSD, and complex PTSD. We are joined today by Michael Ahern. Hi. And we are welcoming back our resident expert, Stefania Santoro. Hello. And we are also being ably recorded by Denise Yard, our new sound engineer for the podcast. Welcome back, Stefania, and thanks for coming back. And uh, what is it that you're going to be discussing with us today about trauma, PTSD, and complex PTSD? Yeah, I guess I would like to start with just give an idea of what trauma is, because we heard this word lots of times. And um, so I'll start to say that trauma is one of the most misunderstood and untreated cause of human suffering. It's usually caused by unexpected life-threatening events, whether these are witnessed or lived in first person. Trauma is usually caused by abuse, loss, illnesses, invasive medical procedure, accident, bereavement, natural disaster, and by many other events that are threatening the sense of security and personal safety of the person who experienced it. Wow. So that's very far away from like a casual misuse of the word. I mean, do we live in a society where people kind of bandy around the word trauma without really reflecting or understanding the true or deeper meaning of it? Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, this word has been used quite lightly, you know, for, for someone feels a little bit stressed, so might has, you know, like, I don't know, some kind of uh, uh, conflict with someone and they That's might been traumatized. use it. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, trauma, it's... Uh, well, trauma is something that you... It kind of like takes your physiology, so it's, it's, uh, it's like something you do experience, and unfortunately it's something that you tend to experience after the, the trauma, the event itself is passed yeah. because it stays with you. So if it's not a situational thing, how is it affecting? Is it f- affecting you physically as well? Yeah. Uh, we are all inbuilt somehow, um, all the mammals, I mean human and also animals, we're all built to, to kind of like somehow deal with trauma the way that our brain is made. Mm. And uh, in our brain we have different parts. So the amygdala is the part of the brain that assigns an emotional interpretation to sensory information which means it instructs the body on how to react um, and how to transfer this information to other brain structures. And usually after a traumatic event, the amygdala tends to be overloaded with sensory information. So it kind of like experiences the world around as potentially dangerous. Mm. And the thing is the hippocampus, which is a part of the brain that um, kind of like gives context to an event in terms okay. of time and space, mm. becomes suppressed mm. by the stress hormone called cortisol, which basically... That's cortisol. Um, or cortisol. Cortisol, actually, okay. is, a, is the hormone that is a stress hormone. Okay. And uh, this is unable to mark... Well, basically, the person feels like trauma has not ended. It feels like sure. it's still continuing. Because the cortisol has, is still in their system. Yes, yes. Wow. And so, yeah, just to try and maybe, um, you know, kind of like use like words that are a bit more, you know, um, for, for everybody to understand that we all kind of have, have this inbuilt response to fight, fly or freeze. So I guess we're all familiar mm. with this kind of terminology. Mm. Um, it, it, these responses are basically that if, when someone 
fights as a reaction you yeah. can kind of like be aggressive so right. in terms of like protecting yourself sure. so you would fight back okay uh, that's very reactive it's a very reactive response yeah. but that can also put someone in danger because if you are not if you're not if you don't know who you are actually fighting back with yeah. you could put, actually put yourself in danger what? in a dangerous situation sure um the uh, sorry the the flight is also uh, another response which is actually just you know uh, moving away and, and going away and disappearing and you know avoiding the dangerous situation running away from the dangerous situation yeah. and then but it's not just a dangerous situation it could be like maybe a task or an activity they have to do in terms of procrastinating maybe yeah i mean this is what happens when you ha when you develop uh, a post-traumatic stress disorder or a complex post-traumatic stress disorder because then everything becomes somehow overwhelming and and uh, and then this is where um you kind of uh, because the trauma that did not end in mm. a way things can be triggering at the point that then you feel as if you have to act as if you are in a dangerous situation sure. and everybody has a different way there's some people that prefer to fight back some people are more have this inbuilt mechanism or withdrawing but also what happens uh, during a traumatic experience is um the freeze response and the freeze response is, uh, also, is about basically becoming paralyzed in front of an event. And in nature, this phenomenon exists when the prey literally plays death in order to avoid being eaten by a big animal. Okay. That's why like, I wanted to refer to you know, the animal kingdom in a way, because we all have as a mammal this response in building us. Sure. And they are there to protect us from danger. Um, the problem is that post-traumatic stress disorder is a response to trauma that has not been integrated as something that has already happened. So people will continue to feel in this state of physiological alert all the time, even if there is no danger. So they have problem relaxing, they have difficulties in soothing themselves, regulating their emotion, mm. and everything becomes dangerous. Um, mm. and, and they're always having this fight and flight response all the time within yeah. themselves. And the danger is that because that cortisol, which is a stress hormone, yeah. if it's in your body all the time, 24 seven, day after day, years yeah. after years, it can also bring a physical illness. Wow. So that there is a big dangers of also becoming physically unwell as a consequence of trauma. Is it easy for people to, as individuals, to recognise that in themselves when they're going through the trauma or do they need someone else to witness that experience for them to admit that trauma has happened to them? Yeah, I guess, uh, um, I mean, it depends, of course, of, of people's individual awareness, level of individual awareness, but I guess if people do not know, so I think it's important people know what yeah. the signs are, yeah. because if you don't know these signs, uh, I think it's very much easy to yeah. kind of like dismiss yourself and dismiss your feelings, because yeah. that's what part of what people are experiencing trauma do, yeah. uh, or they have post-traumatic stress disorder, they dismiss their feeling, they dismiss their emotion, and yeah. they go into a state of dissociation yeah. in order to overcome this, yeah. um, you know, this feeling of not being well. Yeah, because I think the thing I was trying to say is, um, do individuals who suffer trauma, um, they that has an impact on their level of self-awareness? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does have an impact on the level of self-awareness and also on the self-esteem. So you tend to okay. kind of like get, go against yourself, sure. feeling bad for feeling this way. I guess the sense that people would feel is that they don't feel probably present, okay. they probably don't feel, they probably gonna start noticing that there is things that have lost compared to how they were prior to the traumatic event. 
actually, uh, Michael, you could use that as a question, actually. Like, what you could come in and say, what are the symptoms of... I kind of know what the symptoms are. Oh, OK. I'm, I'm sort of getting help for it. OK, OK, OK. So I sort of know it's sort of like... You, you don't actually belong. You look around, and it's like every other family's, like, normal. Yeah. So what... What the hell went wrong with mine? Mm. Yeah. And it sort of, then it lit itself harming because I couldn't cope with it. Yeah. A lot of it's kind of still locked up in a cupboard in the back of my mind. Mm. And it's like, if I try and think back of childhood memories, did that actually happen? Mm. It's just like, it's like I, my childhood, I don't really remember much about it because yeah. I've like ripped. I've got no photos of myself when I was little because I can't face to look yeah. at it. Wow. So you just kind of go, and you feel like, I don't know who I am anymore. Wow. I know I'm, can I, I'm this person to that person, mm. but the real me, mm. did, is it still there or not, or is mm. it just died mm. with the past? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like a very emotional thing to deal with, so thanks for sharing yeah. that. But do you also feel that um, you're patently, is it, do you feel like patently aware of that disassociation? Yeah. Okay. Because you can be like, we people and you just sort of feel, you could be with a bunch of friends, but you still feel like you're not, mm. you're not, I could meet someone who's like, I'm not either here. Yeah. I'm just playing this role, mm. like the confident role, Mm-mm-mm. or something. Or, oh yeah, I know what I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you got you got to be. It's like masks people wear. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it's like the Freddie Mercury song. Yeah. The makeup comes up, but the mask, the smile still remains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. And I think what you said is actually what most people do experience is like um, not being in touch and connect with themselves. But the problem with trauma is that I think the, you know, the, the, the more you know what the symptoms are, the more you can recognize yourself, then the more you're able to pinpoint that's the trauma. Yeah. But if you don't have, you know, no books, no point of reference where you can actually tell yourself, oh, I feel this way because this has happened to me. Then you start blaming yourself oh, you, oh. and you don't know what's going on. You don't know, you feel kind of like, oh, am I going, you know, yeah. uh, you know, am I going crazy here? Why am I but, feeling this? Yeah, but at the same time, I got, I know at the pinpoints are, but both my parents are, I've got no family left. Mm. So I can't have a go at, I can't say to that person, why did you do this? But it's also that part if you've got no back, because you're sort of, once your family's gone, You've got, you, you're sort of no one, you haven't got any roots, all the roots mm. have gone. And you can't go back to that person if they're not there anymore to say, why did you do this? Why did you treat me like this? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. So you, it's, it's sort of like you can't, it's, you can't get, a lot of it I sort of, some of it with the anger toward my dad, I did kind of let go because I noticed it was just more destructive than, but it's still there, but it ain't as strong mm. as it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. And angry about not feeling love. My mum found it hard to show love. He liked to give her a good piece of sausage. I seen beat her get hit. Girlfriends. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and all, I just saw like abuse and and felt powerless. I got friends with a, I got caught for this thing, but any any friends with me with a bottle. Oh, yeah. So 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 it's sort of and it's just like it's like you can, but you can't just tell that person how, what you feel because they're not there anymore. Yeah. So it's like you can't, you can't ever go at a ghost because mm. it's just a spirit, it's not a person. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think what, what comes to my mind is that you, you seem to be pretty aware, you know, of you, know, you having traumatic experience yeah. and you're able to verbalise it. Where I think I was trying to answer to Trevor's yeah. question is more about when people are not aware that because the problem with trauma is that you dismiss your own experience. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, when you, you know, when, when you were much younger and you probably were feeling these uncomfortable feelings yeah. and you were not una unable to pinpoint it to, oh, this is because yeah. that happened to me. Because that's what trauma does, the stops your um, way of verbalizing things, verbalize what happened to you because you kind of like become stuck and, and, and you feel like you can't actually talk about it. You, you can't even, sometimes even recognize that that happened to you. So, because you seem to be pretty self-aware yeah. of things and I imagine you did a lot of work on yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. And would you say it's, would you say the younger generation are a bit more open about experience and let's just say the older generation would you yeah i think so i think uh, uh what we call the millennium these days yeah. is that i think they're much more open to kind of like look into themselves and also more open to look at their emotion mm. and to also maybe more prepared i mean trauma the, the problem with trauma is that not everybody is ready to face what um trauma is yes. not not everybody is ready and prepared to talk about traumatic events which are going to create a fight flight response if you do talk about them. Which is why the way I talk with trauma is still supporting people to express what they want to express and can mm. express, but I would not push it. Is that I'll, because they've got a constant sense of fear or heightened anxiety? Yeah, and because of that, because um, the symptoms of trauma are actually this, constant sense of fears, eye anxiety, um, flashbacks, nightmares, feeling like having panic attacks. So people with trauma, are, uh, which have, you know, with um, severe, um, you know, PTSD or complex PTSD, are unable to function in the, you know, the day-to-day -day daily life. They find it extremely difficult. Even if they do do function, they struggle in their functioning. As you were saying, yeah. they might be able to get through a day putting a mask, but inside so it's, would, it's hell. Yeah. So would you say the pre, say like the ones from 1920s where there's always been trauma, would you say, because a lot of our heard they, they sort of just put it down well it just happened they mm. kind of deny it. it's sort of like oh that's just that's life it's kind of like they've got this thing where it's a stigma they can't talk about yeah yeah i think so and and i think sometimes it's also a way for 
somehow, uh, you know, not, got, not getting into the feeling and emotion or what, how that is affecting you. So it's much easier to say, oh, that's happened, I'm just moving on with it, which is also what people with trauma tend to do. You know, the people that have been traumatized, they want to move on. They want to, you know, forget all about it. The problem is, is that because of what I was saying earlier about the physical reaction of the body, because mm. the, the things that have been a lot of research done, the, the body remembers, so it's also our cells have memories about trauma. Okay. So it's, it's, it's not just the mind, but it's also the body that actually brings, brings back memories. And there are specific triggers that would take those memories. That's where Is this where PTSD comes from? Yes, that's where PTSD comes from. So and what does that stand for and mean specifically? So yes, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. And it, as I was saying earlier, is as a person that relieves the past trauma as if it is happening in the present moment. So it's kind of having flashbacks. That's one of okay. the main features. Um, also about feeling overwhel overwhelmed during ordinary situation. Yeah. Um, feeling always in a state of alert and uh, and as a consequence of that people might tend to self-medicate because they don't want to have that feeling whatever mm. it might be food, alcohol or other substances mm. um, they, they experience recurrent nightmares mm. um, sleep disturbance mm. emotional numbness wow. um, and inability to self-regulate mm. uh, even to distinguish at times what's useful and dangerous oh, like wow. not even have that knowing so that difference no uh, threshold of just having inhibitions and being able to protect themselves and yeah. self-regulate. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then there is avoidance of place, people and activities that are a reminder of the trauma. Um, so this is why I'm saying like PTSD can seriously interrupt the daily lives of people who suffer from it and okay. disrupts their relationships as well because yeah. they'll you know, fear was going to make you, you know, move away from people. You, yeah. you don't want to be re-traumatised or, you know, anything that somebody say, yeah. it could have an impact on you. I mean, that already sounds like a heavy cocktail of things to work with and live with and figure out. And particularly if uh, an individual hasn't got that level of self-awareness. So with that being PTSD, what's the difference between that and complex PTSD? Yeah. Um, basically, uh, common PTSD uh, will generally experience common PTSD symptoms, so the one I mentioned earlier, like flashback nightmares, um, physical reminders of the event like nervousness or increased heart rate, uh, but they also try to avoid or block out um, their memories, again using alcohol, drugs, um, and also um, Sorry, and also what what's actually happened is also difficulty of controlling emotions, um, and the, the is it's a kind of PTSD, but it's kind of like more enhanced. So people are more likely to dissociate, yeah. are more likely to space out, yeah. are more likely to so all. So the, it's more physically apparent to. It's more physically other apparent, yes. Okay. And and um, it's more physically apparent, and it's also more destructive because it's even more difficult for them to trust other people. To form yeah. relationships. So this is where like people start acting out, getting violent, or perhaps become presenting addictive behaviours. Possibly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yes. This is why there's a lots of uh, research done around you know complex PTSD and addiction and how people you know become uh, oh. you know addicted to substances or to alcohol. Yes. Um, so complex PTSD could be the real underlying issue to people who are considered to be like drug addicts or yes. out of control or alcoholics yes. and stuff like that. Yes, okay. I, I, I firmly believe so. Right. I firmly believe that there is probably there is lack of like link between maybe addiction and trauma because wow. 
I, I mean, for, for what I can see and, and, you know, my experience as a counsellor and in the mental health field as, you know, other role as well in the past, the trauma is what is actually, is, is kind of like, is the factor that is underneath, uh, you know, the, the experience, the determining factor that kind of like, you know, get people to, to act out sure. in certain ways. Okay. Um, so, I mean, with these feelings of like, perhaps like shame and guilt, do people get like different ideas or false ideas of what they're responsible for and how they could have made things different in terms of what happened to them? Yeah, I guess we support because uh, um, another feature of complex PTSD is in fact shame and guilt, so feeling yeah. bad for, mm. for, for feeling the way you are. So on top of feeling all these feelings, you're not validating yourself, you're feeling bad for mm. feeling those feelings, you're blaming yourself as if it's your fault mm. for feeling this way. So you feel shamed, um, guilt, guilt even about what happened to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, some, some people might feel even responsible for what happened to them and sure. they're the victim. And um, so, yes, so what people probably, what I would say with people, if they recognise themselves with any of these symptoms, do please ask for support. Do mm. please go and talk to someone that, is no, that knows about trauma. I mean, I would say go to your GP, because if that's the first person you can approach, please go to your GP. So these are the key things to know about in terms of the aftermath of trauma. Yes, okay. yes. And, uh, but I also would recommend if you do enter into therapy to know that the person that you working with uh, is aware of what trauma is and knows how to work with trauma. So do they have any particular techniques that they use? Uh, yes, and uh, I mean one, because um, I've done some tra trauma therapy, I mean I work, I work with trauma, and uh, one of the first things they actually do with trauma is is not about what the common, uh, what the common culture would say it's important for you to talk about what happened to you, yeah? I guess what you have to do first is knowing where to put the brake. Mm -hmm. It's like when you learn to drive a car, you know when to put the brake. The first things that you've been taught to you, yeah. you need to know how to stop. So it's the same in therapy. If you have to go into something that is so emotional and overwhelming, yeah. first of all, you need to learn how to stop yourself if things have become more emotional. Yeah. And in order to do that, yeah. it's about working um, on stabilization. That's the first phase of working with trauma. It's about um, like if, if I have someone in my practice, the yeah. first things I'll do is trying to work around um, them being functioning in their life. Because in terms of being able to tackle something yeah. difficult, they yeah. need to be able to be in touch with their emotion, they need to be able to contain their emotion yeah. and, and have a support system, a way to uh, kind of like re learning how to relax, which is yeah. something that people with experience trauma don't don't have much know how to do that. And is there a name for that technique or approach? Uh, well, it's stabilization. Is the first phase. Okay, is okay, the okay. first phase. First phase of trauma therapy is actually uh, supporting people to stabilize okay. themselves. So it's something. like a what you call a grounding technique. Yes, maybe. exactly. Okay. Sorry, yes, grounding. Okay. So, um, is that something that takes time because people need to come out of themselves, or is there like a easy step-by-step -step plan to get into stabilization well it's never like you know uh, step one step two step three because you know all, all people are different uh, i guess it all depends if people want to tackle the memory or not and it's, mm. i think that's a very important question for people who work with traumatized clients is to ask do yeah. you want to go because there is this assumption that people in order to get better yeah. they have to but the problem with um having this pressure and this yeah. kind of like rush in a way because uh, trauma was supposed to be very paced very yeah. slow 
Uh, because what people have to do, I think, going back to the stabilization bit, is learning again to be mm. in touch with themselves. Okay. Like you, Michael, were saying about, you know, le- learning how to, you know, yeah. ha- feeling yourself again. Yeah, and you've just got to learn to walk, be able to stand in what I call the shadow world or the darkness. Mm. You know, just sort of being able to face, you got to... It takes take me a year, but you have to one step sort of game. I can do this. I can do this. And you take one step at a time and you sort of conquer one one step at a time. And hopefully you can maybe make yourself not better, but you sort of feel stronger for fighting back in a way. So for you, Michael, is that also about not being overwhelmed? Well, when you first start, it's just, it's like an avalanche. Yeah. You're just standing there and all you can see is it coming down right at you. Mm. And then it's just sort of going, well, it's going to cover me. Yeah. And then it's just kind of, <clears throat> put your head down. Look, you're going to have to take this for a bit. You're going to have to feel all the pain again. And then slowly kind of go, well, don't need that, don't need that. Mm. It's like clean, if you had a dirty, if you had like a cluttered room Mm. and you're just taking this bit out, don't need that anymore, don't need that bit. Yeah. So you try and get, so you've got like an empty room. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I want to add, in order order to do that, you need need to, to, to kind of like, be in touch with yourself to know what is it that you need to throw out and what you don't need to throw out. So you need mm. to be present, otherwise you can't sure. do that. And you need to be, you know, willing to, to kind of, and it's not about willing in terms of like, oh, I make myself, you know, do something. Because it, it's not about that, it's about your body needs to be ready. You need to be ready, so you have to be grounded, yeah, as, yeah. as you were saying before. So, so you yeah. would take, go, today, I'm going to throw the socks away. And that's all I'm going yes. to do today. Yes. Then tomorrow you go, I'm going to throw the socks and the hanky away. Yeah. Then that's enough. And then you start building up to like that cupboard has to go. Yeah. So yeah. you start with the smallest thing to the biggest thing you can actually do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just to go back to what I was saying, that not everybody, uh, you know, wish to go into traumatic memory. Some people yeah. are just known straight yeah. away they don't want to go there they just want to get function yeah. they just want to live the life the, yeah. you know back they just want to um, to be able to um, you know go back to f- be fully functioning yeah. and that's okay uh, to do that so is that avoidance or they don't give themselves permission to tolerate um, I guess it's probably both and it's probably and, and that's why I'm saying like it needs to be respected because it means the client is actually telling you there okay. and then that they're not feeling strong enough to uh, right now to go into the the memories yes the more you talk about things that happened to you the more you're able to express and elaborate and give it a narrative the more you're going to be able to heal yes but at the same time if you don't feel ready to talk about something or you don't feel strong enough to tackle something that happened to you that it's very very distressing if a therapist has to push their client to do that they will damage that client because they would mm. do they re-traumatize that client 
They mm. won't uh, allow that client because that's also empowerment. It's also about saying that client, yeah. okay, this is where you are now. I'm not going to push you. Yeah. You know, and usually what. Uh, and is that where you bring it back to stabilization again? This is where, this is where like the stabilization comes in and out, even when you do the other phases. Even if you work to recover your memory, you always have to go back to stabilization because that's part of something. That's why it's not phase one, phase two, phase three, but somehow they kind of like going together yeah and the phase three i mean if somebody wants to tackle the you know the, the trauma and they're willing to talk about it because it's, 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 it's a not natural things i mean it's, it's not like oh you decide you want to talk about it it's just happened you feel okay yeah. talking about it and the same happens if someone has resistance they just feel it's not right yeah and that should be trust as well because it means that person uh, is not going to be ready to, to to deal with what happened to them and that seems to be respected because the first important thing is for that person to find themselves again, I okay. think. In trauma work, that's what I think the most important things, if, if the person is able to find themselves again. Okay. Um, if that can happen to recall, you know, recalling memory and recalling what happened to you, yes, yeah. you know, um, I'll, I'll be able, you know, I'm there for you and that's where the work is. Yeah. But don't have to feel that you have to, because nothing is there for everybody. Everybody's different and everybody, um, you know, they can recover, you can recover from trauma, even if you decide not to tackle those memories because you don't feel ready. Yeah. Which doesn't mean you might not be feeling ready forever. Maybe life, you know, my, the more you become empowered, the mm. more you're going to feel like, okay, now I can deal with this, you know. Is that because, like, once you get that internal sense of self, you start to get a sense of safety and yes. perhaps you'll become more resilient? Yes, exactly, exactly, yes. Yes, exactly what I wanted to say. Okay. Thank you. So, Michael, what do you think about what we said today? Like, how do you Sounds feel about it? Sounds interesting. At least I know what I suffer from now. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the SS, that one. You know, you know the second one you said? It, the complex PTSD. Yeah, the yeah, complex, yeah. Yes. Could yes. they kind of ring the bell that... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that's what, you know, I think this is what we do in this podcast is so people yeah. can kind of like, you know, recognise themselves uh, with certain symptoms and maybe, ha you know, ask for yeah. help. So yeah. what, what, what top three tips would you give to someone who may be in this state of mind? Okay, first of all, I would say uh, if you are in this state of mind, uh, don't be, you know, don't isolate yourself, but ask for help. Try to find someone that you trust to ask for help. So that would be the first things I would say to someone. Then um, I would say uh, that grounding technique you can use on a day-to-day -day basis, like breathing, for example. Um, so it's or things that help you be in touch with your body. Because part of what happens with trauma is that there is a dissociation between body and mind. So it's about bringing yourself back to your body. So it can be through breathing, physical activity is very good. It's actually been proved that it's great um, because it brings you back into the present. So any sports, if you like sports, yeah. or swimming or anything. That, so physical activity, I would say, is also very important. And... Um, and then I would say uh, to look after yourself, so to make sure that you know that you that you uh, that you look after your needs, yeah. and that you and and if you're having problem because that's part of you know when you suffer from trauma you might forget what your needs are and you're not in touch with them, so it's about yeah. with compassion look at yourself and help yourself uh, discover what your needs are. So. Maybe, sorry, I'm just going to change it slightly. I would say compassion is a key to, yeah. to help yourself. 
validate your feelings, don't dismiss your feelings, because that trauma is actually, uh, makes you kind of like, oh, I'm dismissing what I'm feeling, yeah. but it's actually about validating and, and, and be compassionate with yourself, knowing that you're doing the best you can, considering what happened to you, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, not knowing that. Because I, I do have that emotional and trust, because I find it hard to make friends, because I've got trust issues. Yeah. And yeah. Emo I've, got, I've got the emotionless thing, because I can, I can cut myself in and I don't really feel it. Yeah. It's just like, I can see it, but I'm not getting the emotion from, because I might be, I've had like blood dripping down there from my like, if I was shaming or whatever and it's sort of like you go, Oh but you're bleeding you go, Am I? It's just like you don't feel anything at all. Yeah. It's just like being like an empty shell, but the spirit has or the soul's vanished. Yeah, yeah. which is why I would suggest, you know, as you were asking me to yeah. Do things that put you back in touch with your body. Yeah. Because that would help you because it helps you associating back with yourself rather than dissociating. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're going back to, to your body and that's yeah. what I'm saying, like, you know, physical activity, of course healthy eating helps, you know. Yeah. Uh, but mainly, mainly probably I would say the most most things is actually have compassion for yourself. Yeah. And even in those moments, you know, when when you realise, you know, you had to go to go yourself. Yeah. Then just realise and have compassion of yourself. Because yeah, I, I found it easier to show compassion toward being mm. to what other people, you know, birthdays, how you feel. Oh I'll I support you, but but me, I sort I've got that. I've I've always been like a loner in some like a natural loner. I could quite vanish for months without seeing any. But the thing is, I've got that. I just sort of just automatic that it just close everything closes down. All I need is I need food, drink, sleep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So you eat, drink, I've stuck, I did when I got really better, I did sort of starve myself like weeks on end, stuff, it was, my body just went, just sort of gave up the fight. Yeah, yeah. And it took me a couple of months to kind of get back that. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, isolation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also like something to... to, to, to to, you know, to, to kind of like watch it because, you know, if you isolate yourself for months and months, you know, that you put, you know, yourself in more risk, you know, to become yeah. either more unwell or, yeah, you know, yeah. to do that uh, impossibly. Yeah. And, and that's where like, you know, please do connect with people. Please yeah. try to find someone, uh, you know, that you trust in your yeah. life uh, or your GP, it can yeah. be your GP where you can talk about how you feel. Uh, I guess is what, what you want from the other person, yeah. I guess is validation. And if you don't, because, because trauma, you know, some people are not trained in trauma yeah. and um, so you want to be validated and I guess what's another important thing is if, if you don't feel validated by somebody about what happened to you, um, it's probably a sign that that person yeah. is, is not uh, a good helper for yeah. you, but doesn't mean that you, you know, are not worthy <laughs> of help. Yeah, so this, I guess this is what I want to say. They don't take other people' lack of expertise in maybe something yeah. that you know that, that you will try to overcome, yeah. 
as a blame for yourself because you don't have nothing to do if people are not validating your experience. And is there any, those who do put them on the internet, is there any, is there any good sites you could recommend they might look up? Um, well, I would say in terms of sites, um, well, I know Babette Voschild, she's someone that actually uh, wrote a lot about trauma. So she probably have a, we a website as well. So if you Google her, Babette yeah. Voschild. What's the lady's name? Uh, Babette. Oh, Babette. Yeah, Babette. Child. Okay, Rothschild. Okay. Yes. I'll see that if I will can... be, um, She done a lot of things around trauma and this is actually where I got trained uh, from, uh, I, I did a couple of her training. She also advocates that it's important um, to stabilise yourself and, and that you don't need to remember in order to uh, overcome trauma. This um, lady, yeah, we just bring that yes, up. Yes, yes. So did she write some books? She wrote lots of books um, about trauma recovery. So there are lots of self-help books that you can find by her, yeah. uh, which are about uh, the 12, sorry, the, the sorry, eight keys of trauma recovery. That's one of them. The eight keys? Yeah, eight keys of trauma recovery. That's an excellent okay. book because it's a very... Um, uh, well, it will kind of like walk you through it, you know, things to do in terms of self-help to yeah. help yourself. So I would recommend right. that book in particular. Oh. Uh, but then she wrote a lot of other books like Trauma Essential, The Body Remembers. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I would say she is probably one of the people that, uh, in terms of like, you know, the way I um, also work with trauma, yeah. the, because I kind of like, you know, follow the training, I would recommend as a... As a, because she goes into my same way, the way I think about trauma as well. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Because I only ask that is because that might be, don't that might be their only like if they've got internet or TV, that might be their only kind of way of coming. You know, sort of what they if they want to know what's happening in the outside world, that might be their only way of doing something. Because this way, maybe I could get help, a little help that way as well, before seeing someone if they don't feel brave enough. Um, okay, I'll see if I, because I don't know if I understood the question. Yeah, they, they, they might not got trauma, but they don't want to talk to anyone. Okay. But, 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 but they might have, you know, say, go, I'll go, because the internet, and it's kind of, it's like, it's, it's like you can look things up, but you, it's not like you're talking to anyone. Yes, but, no. But, but no. You did, they, they might get some, or they go, I'm feeling this. I'm, why am I feeling like this? Mm. And the internet might be like their GP, where they can look up and go, oh, now I know what, what what's happening. Yeah. And then they might slowly go, I think I might need to talk to someone. Yes. And then they could tell the doctor, I've got this and this to help, which also helps the GP get them the right help. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So getting educated about what yeah, they feel is going yeah, on. Yeah, with yeah. modern technology. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree because as we were saying earlier at the beginning of this podcast, is actually one of the most dif difficulties that people experience trauma is that they don't recognise it. They're just yeah. noticing funny symptoms within themselves. Yeah. They blame themselves for these symptoms. Yeah. And... Uh, and, and, and that's where, like, maybe, you know, there should be more awareness about what trauma is so sure. people stop blaming themselves and, and ask for help. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for uh, bringing that subject to us, Stefania. We're really uh, happy to have you on the podcast.
Um, is there anything that you could tell us more about, like maybe the products or services that you provide? Yeah. Um, well, basically, I provide a counselling service. I um, deal uh, with trauma, but mm. I also deal with all other issues like depression, anxiety, mm. uh, OCD. Um, so I kind of like deal with lots of uh, uh, mental health issues. So I cover a huge spectrum mm. and uh, I do work in an integrative way. So I combine uh, different models of therapy um, uh, like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, gestalt therapy. Um, also, well, I've, I've done some uh, transitional analysis and NLP. Um, so I've kind of like combined all these different models, but I would say that what I've actually truth at is the person-centered model, which is about mm. be what your client is, mm. you know, stay where your client is, respect your client, respect mm. your client's wishes, help mm. th because they are the expert of their life. So they mm. know their limits. Okay. So if they say, you know, I really feel like I can't go there, mm. that's okay. You know, sure. don't push it wait and and then uh, you know and then it, it might be the one that you're gonna feel stable enough to talk about it and you sure. don't even need to ask it will okay. just come up um but it's about avoiding these kind of things so you have to talk about it to get better that kind of pressure sure. because people who are under trauma they don't need pressure they naturally need an approach that is very paced and gentle okay. thanks for being on the show really appreciate that uh hopefully we'll see you again another time we can bring you on for another episode Thank you, for, thank you very much for having me. It's been a honour being here and thank you for sharing yeah, no, um, no what you shared. Yeah. I, I imagine how difficult it must have been to share this stuff, so thank um, you. No, I think it's been it's kind of okay. I kind of got over the pain. Mm. It's just, I just need to get rid of, just need to get rid of that baggage basically for good. Yes, yes. Cool. Well, thank you again for another like, powerful episode, Michael. Really appreciate you coming no back. No worries. And, uh, of course, thanks to Denise Yard for providing the uh, sound and engineering for today's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our uh, project, Independent New Users Forum, uh, you can listen to our podcast or you can find out more about the charity via www.inuf.org. We're also available on Twitter, which is at enough underscore the charity. And we're on Facebook through the handle at enough mental health. And we're also on Instagram through the handle at INUF underscore MH. I've been Trevor. Thanks for listening. And we hope that we can speak for you again soon.